excited because we're going to be talking about some really cool comics i can't wait to cover them in this episode <laughs> oh, proud of me gracious. i worked on all weekend on that i bet you did no I one helped hard and you're like scribbling on toilet paper and just ideas and over and over <laughs> and you finally came up with that one that's that's great man so Thank you. I, i'm excited because for the second week in a row we're actually going to talk about firestorm i can't believe it there's going to be some aquaman in here too i suppose we have to but it's going to be firestorm talk it's so exciting you, Aquaman, you mean the star of the number one most successful DC comic book movie of all time? <laughs> so, I, so I looked this up, right? The box office numbers. Yes. Yeah, so Aquaman, and who knows what's happened since we record this, folks, because things get crazy. But anyway, so Aquaman has passed The Dark Knight Rises. It's now the number one DC movie, as you said, of all time. I, I looked up, it is the number eight uh, top grossing superhero movie of all time. Uh, above it, six of them are Marvel movies. One of them is a Disney one, The Incredibles too. But so it's the eighth top-grossing superhero movie of all time. I started thinking about it. You know, I'm kind of the guy that like likes the underdog. So I'm kind. You know, when everyone else jumps on a bandwagon, I usually not comfortable with it. So I think what I'm trying to say is I, I think I'm over my Aquaman phase. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how us Aquaman fans take to no longer being the underdog. We've been that way for so long. That it might be the kind of thing where you give people a little bit of power and they go nuts. So right. We'll, we'll see. I haven't been handling it quite well as we've been seeing on Facebook and stuff. So Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> well, now what happens to you, what's going to happen to you is what happened to me when Firestorm got on Legends of Tomorrow, where like every Tumblr site explodes with like, everyone's, I'm the world's biggest Firestorm man. And I'm like sitting in the corner going, really? <laughs> Are you? And you've heard of the character for 15 minutes? Okay. Hey, I'm not going to poo-poo you. I'm not going to be rude, but really? So you're going to start to feel some of that burn going on, buddy, I think. Oh, I already have. But I think now, I think we can now say um, everyone goes through an Aquaman phase. Can we can we do that? Can we move it from Batman to Aquaman now? Is that fair? No, it's not fair at all. <laughs> okay. All right. 
I was trying to cut the Nightcast guys a break and, and stop using that joke with them, but I guess I'm going to have to. Rob says I have to. So, Anyway, folks, before we get much further, we should probably take a second to thank our sponsor. This episode of the Fire & Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Now, Rob, I know you've brought a pick, and I know what it is. And I just realized I never really told the people at home what we're going to do today. Nope. So maybe you kind of link these two things together. How do you? How do you? What do you think? Yes, yeah, so this episode we are going to be talking about some of our most favorite Aquaman and Firestorm covers. Uh, this Yay! is yeah, we don't do a lot of art specific shows because, of course, podcasts are not a visual medium, and it's kind of silly to <laughs> do episodes where you're going on and on about the artwork. But every once in a while, I think it's nice for us to, to really focus on the uh, the artistic, the visual component of the the comic book. I mean, that is more than fifty percent of the whole thing here. So uh, my pick is the art of Archie covers hardcover uh, from the team that brought you the highly acclaimed the art of betting veronica hardcover comes the all-new prestige collection art of archie the covers discover america's favorite teenager as never before with these beautifully designed celebration over 70 years of the funniest most classic and iconic archie comics covers as selected by fans and creators alike the art of archie the covers goes behind the scenes of the all-time best combo covers in archie's history with an insider's look at their inspiration creation and ongoing cultural legacy featuring its own gorgeous foil and spot uv enhanced cover you believe it archie comics it was just published in 97 yeah really it's the holocard card treatment uh yeah the, the writers are craig yo and victor gorlick the artists are various of course it's the whole history of uh of Archie over the years. The cover art is by Harry Lucy. It's 160 pages, normal price, $29.99. In stock, trades price, $14.99. That is 50% off. I love these cover-to-cover books. Like, I just find looking at comic covers all collected just really, like, very pleasurable. And Archie's are... They are they're really beautiful these these books so uh, I'm I'm really excited about a whole book that collects them all together so it's Art of Archie covers hardcover. I do like the sort of cover books. I have one uh, from years ago. It's DC Comics 75th anniversary poster book, and it's a, each page is basically a a pullout poster you could put up if you want, like 11 by 14 of uh, different DC covers. So those are always fun. So let me ask you: Are you a Betty? Or are you a Veronica? You know, I think temperamentally, I'm a Betty. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, but, too. But I've seen a little bit of Riverdale and uh, maybe Veronica. <laughs> oh, I, I can't say anything about Riverdale. I've never seen it, but I just, I'm just i in from the comic book kind of thing. I, I, I definitely, I I definitely see you as a Betty, and yeah. I see me as a Veronica, which sort of explains our relationship, I think. Hmm. Okay, fair enough, yeah. So. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, I have picked – it's a little um, – well, it's not very exciting. Let's just put it that way. But it's Crisis on Infinite Earths Deluxe Edition. And the reason I picked it is for multiple reasons. One is it has some of the most gorgeous DC covers of all time. At least they, for me, they speak to me so much because Crisis was my biggest gateway to the rest of the DC universe. Firestorm was my first step in. But Crisis was the, what opened the door to the rest of the DC Universe for me. So each one of those covers is so iconic to me, and it means so much to me. And also, it's a little timely because George Perez has just officially announced that he's retiring from comic books. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I assume you've heard the news, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. So he, he's still going to do a couple conventions, but he's done from comics. He's done from doing sketches, and a lot of that's for the most part. He, he, he's, he's, he's health issues and things like that. You can read about it online if you haven't already. But I just thought, you know what? This is It's a great example of wonderful DC covers, and uh, this particular edition is really nice. So th- this deluxe edition, it's uh, 409 pages or 
Let me see. Yeah, for, um, no, it's 496 pages. I'm sorry. Because what they've done is not only has it got Crisis 1 through 12, they also included the history of the DC Universe number 1 and 2, which really make a nice companion with that because also, you know, it's uh, George as well. So it's Crisis on Infinite Earths Deluxe Edition hardcover. If you don't own it or if you don't have a copy of, uh, of, of Crisis on your shelf, like maybe you just own the floppies and you don't have a collection, this is a great one to have. And it normally goes for 50 bucks. You can get it for $28.99, which is 42% off. And it's a gorgeous collection. And it's Crisis. You can never own it too many times. I have it as individual issues. I have it as trade paperbacks. I have it as digital versions. I've bought this thing so many. I know. I'm a sucker. So Do you have it in microfiche? Uh, no, the only thing I have in microfiche are old classic Aquaman, but I do still have those. <laughs> I don't have a microfiche machine anymore. I did in college, but anyway, uh, you, you never tire of that, do you? Uh, Rob loves to, to needle me without that. Anyway, um, folks, for these and all your other trade paperback needs, please visit instocktrades.com. All right, so uh, how do you want to do this, buddy? You want to, we'll go back and forth, perhaps? Yes, I think we should go back and forth. And we should mention, of course, that all the covers that Shag and I have picked are going to appear on the website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. And then we're going to have, the, of course, the gallery post where you'll see every one of the covers. So you can follow along if you want. I'm not going in any particular order uh, other than just basically <laughs> what? what do we do so that? following along will actually be impossible, folks. Well, no, it's no, no. Gonna... <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, no, no. I'm going in order, or in, they're going to be in order. In alphabetical order, but I'm saying I'm, I'm not or arranging them uh, in anything other than that. I'm not doing like favorite to least favorite or whatever of the ten, except I will be ending with my favorite Aquaman cover of all time. Okay. Well, mine's in chronological order. So, okay. Fair enough. And, and so I, uh, I don't know if you'll actually be able to follow along on the gallery page, like in order, but the, the, all the covers we talk about are going to be there. Yeah. How's that? Right, right, right. right. Okay, so why don't you go first? It's Aquaman starts with an A. You can do one, and I'll do one. We'll just go back and forth. Fair and, and again, the, the goal here, folks, is some of these are the greatest covers of all time. Some of these are just meaningful to us individually. So, and, and and quite frankly, I put together my list. It killed me, by the way, to get it to ten. That was really really hard. And then the next day, I found a bunch more. So I started changing my list immediately. So this is just a, a snapshot in time. You ask me in a week, my list will probably change quite a bit. See, now that's funny because I didn't do that. I, when I decided to sit down and make the list, I just said, what are the first ten that come into my head? And for the most part, I didn't edit. I was like, nope, those are Interesting. the ten. Okay. Those are the ten. And then, you know, the later, I think the next day, I actually saw some others. I'm like, oh, they belong. I'm like, nope, nope, no, nope. You know, that you, I have all the Aquaman covers in my head, basically, and I knew which ones meant the most to me. And, yeah, this is a collection. Some, I think, are just artistically brilliant. Some mm-hmm. I think are great in that they represent the character in the best way, and then some just are meaningful to me. So it's a kind of a, a real hodgepodge of, of mm-hmm. different covers. I didn't have one aesthetic that I was following. So the first one I'm going to mention is Adventure Comics number 475 by Brian Bolland. Uh, it is Aquaman's first issue back in the series. Of course, he would appear in Adventure Comics like every so often. Uh, not every so often, actually all the time, but then they would, you know, he would move into his own book, his book would get canceled, then they put him back in Adventure Comics. This happened right. over it's, and over again. It's I, the ex-girlfriend that always took him back. The ex-girlfriend that was Adventure Comics is the girl that always took him back. Uh, and so at this point, Adventure Comics had just been Plastic Man and Starman. And then when DC increased their page count, they added eight pages for every book, they had room to add a third feature. And here they added Aquaman and the covers by Brian Bolland. And it's got Aquaman 
jumping out of the cover that he is on. So it's one of those infinity covers because he's <laughs> jumping out of the very book. Plastic Man is holding it and Starman is standing there. It's got this beautiful stark black background. It says eight new pages starting Aquaman. It just to me, it's one of my favorite images of, of all time. And it also represents some of my favorite Aquaman comics of all time because this run was written by J.M. DeMatteis and uh, drawn by Dick Giordano and um, Max Romero and I actually covered the Plastic Man stories on Fire and mm-hmm. Water because these are great stories. But it's one of my all-time favorite images. I just love how clean it is. Um, Brian Ballin never drew Aquaman all that much, so I, that's unique. I mean, Ballin's was one of my favorites, so I just, I just think it's so exciting to see him just bursting out in the water, shooting out, and Plastic Man and Starman look happy, even though they're getting pushed back to the further back of the book. <laughs> So which uh, so for the people at home this this is not Starman like a uh, Golden Age Starman this is uh Starman uh, this would be Starman 3 Well it's Prince Gavin don't it's worry Prince about that don't count the numbers Starman. because uh, Robinson messed all that up tremendously yeah, I guess so yeah <laughs> so with with retcons but yeah it's Prince Gavin so Okay all right Um I like the cover I, I do like the concept of him jumping out of his own cover, and I think it's funny that there's water pouring out, like you know, like the like the hole in the dike kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The water's pouring out of the cover, which is cute. But the drawing itself has never really done much for me. Like Aquaman's side and his muscles on his on his uh, abs, they just don't look right to me. So, and Aquaman's face doesn't. Well, Aquaman's face doesn't look like Aquaman to me. That's so. This cover's never really been uh, beloved to me. I loved what it represented, though. So that's that. So that's the best I can give you on that one, buddy. All right. Fair enough. I don't need your approval. All right. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Uh, all right. We'll do mine. Again, I'm going in chronological order. Um, again, very hard for me to pick because I skipped some already just right away that I, I wanted to include. But I uh, first one I picked uh, is F- uh, Firestorm the Nuclear Man from the original run, issue number five. So we're talking 1978 here. And on the cover, you've got Firestorm in the middle, and he's struggling in pain. On each side of him, Multiplex is pulling him apart. And you see floating above, you see the floating head of Professor Stein, horrified. You see the floating head of Ronnie Raymond, horrified. And they're, and, uh, they're yelling, Multiplex is back to steal my power, and he's tearing me in two! And uh, across the tops is more pages, more action, more super thrills. I think this cover is gorgeous. There's all these concentric circles behind them. There's lots of green. I think I told you in the last episode, I really like green on covers, especially with Multiplex, I guess. And Multiplex looks great. It's, got, it's, it's action. It's him pulling on Firestorm. Firestorm looks like a fantastic square in the middle. I just think this makes a hell of a cover. In fact, when I did uh, a number of years ago, I did a fake. Uh, remember Showcase Presents, those big phone books? Of course. Yeah. I laid out what I thought a Firestorm Showcase Presents could contain, and I used this cover. Uh, I blotted out the word balloons, but I used this cover specifically to sort of because I felt like this is a great representation of the original Firestorm series. You know, it's Al Milgram drawing it. Uh, it's it. I I love it. I I don't. know. What do you think of this one? It's very exciting. I mean, it's certainly if you're trying to separate kids from their two quarters, uh, you want to give them something exciting. So yeah, there's a lot going on here. I I will say, it kind of makes me laugh is that it doesn't really look like multiplexes are pulling Firestorm apart. They're sort of, they look like um, they're pitching his ears more. Like they're kind of doing what the, when, when, yes, Ven- they are. when Venkman grabbed Ray Stance and pulled him away, he's like, come here, my Francine. You know, he's, he, look, he looks like he's there. It, does, it doesn't look that threatening to me, but nevertheless, it's very exciting cover. Cause I mean, you got so much going on in the concentric circles and the, what was the, what was the backup? Was there a backup feature in this book? Cause this book is 44 pages. These stories weren't that long, right? 
No, there's no backup here. They just uh, they were bulking up the pages. This is when they increased the page count, I guess. Wow. And long Firestorm to, to, series. To merit the price. Yeah, actually, this was a longer one. In fact, it, there does feel like there's some padding in here, too. And this was actually the last issue of that run. It wasn't right. intended to be. There was an issue six. But the big thing that this ends on, and you know, I, I, I was going to bring it up last time, but I, I knew I was already talking too much. It ends on Multiplex and Hyena together because uh, they were going to team up. And so the oh, series gets right, canceled. You never right, see that. Right. Okay. And so when the last episode, we covered an episode where Multiplex actually says to Hyena, we finally meet. I want to be like, no, you've <laughs> met before. But my pocket protector was already falling out at that point. So I figured I better not. All right, buddy. What's your, what's your next document? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next cover is Aquaman number 51 from the original series, the first 1960 series. Now, Nick Cardi drew all the covers to Aquaman from number one all the way through number 56. Even when he stopped drawing the insides of the book, he continued to do the covers. Nick Cardi, of course, was one of the great Aquaman artists, one of the great artists, period, mm-hmm. and a particularly great cover artist. I mean, DC had him do a billion covers for DC long into the 70s. Um, so it was hard to pick one. And, but but uh, the one I went was number 51, and this is the, the middle of the storyline where Aquaman went into that interdimensional thing that was like a subatomic world, and everything was all topsy-turvy. And this cover really gets at that. The cover axis is completely tilted. Like basically the, what we would think of as the floor has been tilted clockwise to where the, what we would think of as the floor is actually on the left-hand side of the cover – and the woman that Aquaman is reaching out to is falling downwards. And he's yelling, I can't hold on to you. He's doing a Shatner thing there. As he's got all this <laughs> kind of goo that's grabbing him and he's trying to catch her. It reminds me a lot of the sh- Did you see um, Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That shot where Spider-Man falls unconscious and they turn the city upside down. So it looks like he's rising in the air even though he's falling. It's a really beautiful shot, and that's what this reminds me of. And then you've got this wonderful foreground colors with the blues and the greens and then the yellows and the oranges in the background. And then the topper is the, the – you've got the, the title of the story, The Big Pull, uh, which is kind of in this swirly letter. So it's this wonderful kind of hippy-dippy thing, kind of fantastic voyage kind of thing. I just think it's it's really beautiful, and I just – again, I love – how much Cardi is able to throw you off your throw you off balance, but it's, the, it's vertigo inducing. Yeah, yeah, but yet the 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 all the figures have logical consistency. One of the things they taught us back at the Joe Kubert School, which I attended, of course, in 1980 and 1982. Did you really? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Is they said you know that your your drawing is well balanced is if you do the drawing, flip it over. And look at it in a rear, look at it in the mirror. And if it looks off, then you know it's off. But if it looks solid, then you know you've got it right. And I think Cardi was so good at that because I think if you looked at this cover right side up, it would still look right. It, you know, hmm. it's, and so okay. I yeah. just think this is just a lot of Cardi's covers featured Aquaman off balance, flipping in the air. Because I mean, he was you know he was going through water. He didn't have any ground to sit on. But this one to me is the like the best one of those. I think it's just gorgeous. Well, it's fantastic, and, and really, it tell the the tentacles that are grabbing her yep. and that are telling grabbing him really tell the story. I mean, you've yep. learned. In, in I I love a word balloon on a cover. You know me. I love a word balloon on a cover. So this is very exciting, and it helps to tell that tale where they're being pulled apart, and uh, it's it's really great. And I love too when he would work the logo in, or not the logo, but like the big pull, how he works it into the design. Right, it also the is sort of sweeping yep. around. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So, um, I do. I will say, it looks like Aquaman's going to wrench his side, though. The way he's got he is twisting all the way big around. time. Yeah, 
that's that's like a, a superpower action figure twist there kind of thing going. But yeah, the yellow really sets it off because the yellow is the background color with the blue in the foreground, which is kind of different than when you would normally expect. Yeah, it works really, really well. Yep. And she's, of course, very sexy and hot. So yeah, that's well, Nick Cardi drew some beautiful women. Uh, Wonder Girl, yeah, that mm-hmm, we all got there. So, all right, um, my next one is George Perez. So, uh, Justice League of America number two hundred five. There were so many Justice League covers I considered, but this one is so Firestorm centric that I felt like I had to go with this one. I, I very, came very close to including the ones that the JSA crossover that you and I love so much, oh, uh, yeah. but they fought the Secret Society supervillains like. Um, you know, Firestorm's on all those covers, but he's not prominent. But those covers are so great. There's one, too, where like it's a whole JSA and Firestorm's there. But anyway, I went with this one. This is the one where all the Justice Leaguers have been knocked out. They're in a hospital, and many of them are bandaged up and things like that. And fighting above the unconscious bodies of the Justice League is Hector Hammond, and he's battling Professor Martin Stein. Uh, and it says, Hector Hammond is out to destroy the JLA, and the only one who can stop him is dot, 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 Professor Martin Stein, with question marks. I love it. And this is by George Perez and Mike DiCarlo. And it's just, I, I love the comic. I love the cover. Uh, I think it's a great sort of shocker that Martin Stein is potentially the hero. That's what makes it so funny. And Stein is, he doesn't look particularly heroic. He actually looks like he's kind of on the back foot trying to get away from Hector Hammond, which is nice. And of course, the Justice League is all being knocked out and bandaged tells you the story. You know, I don't know why they all would happen to be in one hospital room on the same bed pretty much but you know in their, in their costumes yeah right <laughs> it's a really big hospital bed by the way that's like that's like a queen size hospital bed because both uh, black canary and wonder woman are all that's you know i, ne- I didn't never notice it's kind of provocative the way they're all laid out like that but anyway <laughs> i don't know what green arrow exactly is doing he's he's on his knees and supposed to be unconscious and he's got a neck brace on but i guess he's leaning against the corner of the bed i don't know looks but very Ralph- uncomfortable yeah, and Ralph's all stretched over. It's it's fantastic. I love it. And Aquaman's on it. Yes, he is. It's it, Aquaman and Firestorm are together. Yeah, very nice. Yep. Yeah, so, it's a great cover. It's a great, great. I mean, this is we covered this storyline uh, uh, in an episode a while back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is terrific. Again, it's just very exciting. You know, I mean, you're trying to sell superhero comics, and who wouldn't buy this? It looks really you're like, oh my god, the JLA is all defeated, and it's going to take Martin Stein. Like, and again, it's you know, it's Perez. He just guy just knew what the hell he was doing. He knew how to construct an image that it was you could focus the eye in the right way but yet f- feature a billion details and it didn't get too busy as just you know like it was a genius yeah i'm noticing a pattern with my my covers almost all of them are like lots and lots of colors so mm-hmm. this one's very colorful with all the costumes so cool all right all right what you got? all right my next one is again i didn't i wasn't i wanted to have a nice cross-section of aquaman artists but at the same time i wasn't trying to you know, do one of everybody, uh, mm-hmm. but it probably kind of turned out that way, really. And my, so my next pick is the cover to Aquaman number one, the miniseries, the 1986 oh. miniseries by Craig Hamilton. Everybody so knows good. I love the Craig. Ham- I love Craig Hamilton's artwork. I have an original of his on my wall, uh, given to me as a birthday present. And I've met Craig; he's a great guy. But I, I genuinely love his work. And this is a, this is the cover of him, Aquaman in his blue camo suit. And I just, I mean, the design of it is great. The pose is great of Aquaman swimming up from left to right. And then uh, then behind him, we've got this great mosaic of various elements that take place in the miniseries, which I think is a really cool design. It comes with the new Aquaman logo. I love the classic Aquaman logo. I still think it's probably the best one, but this one is really sharp. I really mm-hmm. like it. And it's got the nice curve on the cue and it turns into a wave. But just the design of it is great. I love the way the Aquaman figure 
is popping off of the, the, the front and then also popping the boundaries uh, of the of the mosaic. So when you get the big close-up of Ocean Master, you see Mira there. You see uh, Aquaman facing off Ocean Master. You see the lighthouse. It's great. I mean, I think all the covers for this miniseries are great, but this one is – they made this into a poster uh, with good reason. I think it's just incredible, striking image. They made a poster? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 you mean like to show in stores? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Not like yeah. for sale. No, 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 okay. no. Like I remember seeing this cover as gotcha. a – like one of those like 8.5 by 14 mm-hmm. posters without all the trade dress on it. Yeah, because I, I, I think I've told you before. This is the first Aquaman comic I ever bought. This is what made me an Aquaman fan, this comic right here. Now, I, of course, I, I liked him in Super Friends and all that stuff, but this was the first Aquaman comic I ever bought off the shelf, and this is when I, I bought this. I decided I am now an Aquaman fan. Like, he's one of my favorite characters now. In a lot of it comes – the story is, is great, but the cover is outstanding. Yep. Um, I would love to have a large wall-sized poster of this thing nowadays. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful, so stunning. And I like the background, how they – um. It's all – it's not serpent, but there is a very strong like magenta color that dominates all of it instead of using blacks. Right. And, and it's uh, also it just, slightly faded too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sets it off really good. And of course I love the camo suit so much, especially when Carter Hamilton drew it. So yep. good. Beautiful. And he – you mentioned the pose. It's almost like a Superman flying pose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really is very, very heroic. So. Yeah. It's great. So it's a grabber of – I remember buying this comic off the stands at Heroes World. And mm. it was so exciting. And I was like, oh, Aquaman. Oh, this is a new Aquaman title. And, oh, he's got this co- – what's this about? It was great. Loved it. Yeah. So good. All right. Uh, my next one is Fury of Fires from the Nuclear Man number seven, covered by Pat Broderick and Dick Giordano. And it's uh, it's the Plastique issue. So it says, you know, the, the woman's name is Plastique. In just one more second, she's going to explode. And she's in the foreground. Um, I will admit freely that her – Proportions don't quite work, but that's okay. She's got her purple jumpsuit with all the uh, bombs strapped to her. Firestorm is in this. I love this sort of pose with Firestorm. <laughs> it's a crazy pose. It is sort of probably maybe broke back. I don't know, but he, he's his knees are. It's like when you're trying to get an action figure to stand up that yeah. is really unbalanced. Is what it looks like. <laughs> uh, my Spider-Man action figure sits like this uh, on my desk. But so he's he's really bent at the knees and leaning back. But the whole point is he's telling people to like get back, get back. She's gonna blow up. And Professor Stein's hovering above him and is like, ah, you know, freaking out. I I think it's personal bias is what it boils down to. I just love this cover. It's one of the earlier issues of Firestorm I got my hands on when I started buying back issues. Plastique's a pretty you know important character. She's hot. She's sexy. It's it's the, I I really love that Firestorm. Regardless of how unrealistic the pose of him is, I love that shot of Firestorm. It, it's so Broderick. So it it's and the colors are great. You know you got the blue. You can see the ceiling. They're inside a newspaper. Uh, office, by the way. So the ceiling is blue. You've got green walls. She's wearing purple. He's red and yellow. So it's, it's a lot, of, again, bright, bright colors. And I, I love it. Oh, I like it a lot. And I'm glad you mentioned the ceiling because I actually love the ceiling. It's my favorite part of it. I love how uh, abstract it is because if there's mm-hmm. no ceiling in any building has ever looked like this, except maybe like inside of Tron or something. But it just it sets everything off beautifully. And it, this is a very cover uh, copy heavy cover because you also you didn't mention yep. it says this woman's name is Plastique and just one more second she's going to explode. Boy, talk about touchy. Jerry had to throw in that kind of Stan Lee esque little thing there. Uh, but no, I, I love the way the um, the logo, the Fury of Firestorm logo, which is a great logo. Um, is offset against the the, uh, the the ceiling, the bright blue of the ceiling. It's said it's beautiful. You know, it's, again, I so far we're three in, and I could definitely see the theme emerging in your picks because they're all 
very much like, hey, kid, how can you possibly not buy this comic? It, it is the art grabbers. Now, eventually, they very quickly start to become poster-esque. I, like, mm-hmm. I realized a lot of mine are poster-esque style. So right now I'm in a lot of action. But yeah, there's some. But yeah, I, I love this. Super fun. All right. I think uh, I'm going to end up saying that a lot. Super fun. Yeah, well, I, right. I think we're going to inevitably going to repeat ourselves here a bit. Uh, my next pick is Aquaman number 20, which is the 2003 series. I can never keep straight with what volume of Aquaman this is. But this is the beginning where and they started getting Alan Davis to do the covers, which, you know, good idea. Um, so he did a bunch of really great covers. My favorite is number 20, where it's Aquaman and... Aqua girl, question mark. And you've got Lorena Marquez before she donned her super suit. And it's just her and her tank top and her shorts swimming along with Aquaman. And I just love the sense of movement that Davis brings to it of just the two of them diving at the camera. I actually really like this up modern version of the Aquaman logo. I think it's really cool. I like how sort of super sharp and pointy it is. It looks like you could grab any one of the – You're very Very scallopy. You could grab any letter and throw it at somebody. It would cut them open like a battering. (laughs) Um, But to me, this is just – it's a great image of the two characters flying – or not flying, of course, swimming at you at at high speed. And part of it is that I just love this character so much. I love the Lorena character. I love the Aqua Girl, and I'm always sorry that she was just so gotten rid of. In the DCU, but I think this is a, a beautiful image. Again, we're we're all both huge fans of Alan Davis. Yeah, we're hu- huge fans of Alan Davis. Huge fans of, of Lorena. Um, that's a halter top, by the way. That's like, or a, they might call a boob tube. I mean, she's she's really pushed way way up there, but um, it's a little sexy, so that's fine. But yeah, I, I love this redesign of Aquaman's costume too, because you know we we just come off of the. Um, Rick, Rich Veach run, which is nobody's favorite, and where he's shirtless and he's got the water hand, and it's it's very unusual costume. And then we get to here, and suddenly he's in a almost traditional costume, except a, a little bit, of, a little bit of accents on the collar, and he's got the water hand. It's just it was like a really nice modernization of his costume. So love this era. Alan Davis is great. In fact, I uh, when I picked my covers because I, I get to pick one Aquaman cover. I almost picked a different Alan Davis cover, actually, uh, number seventeen, where he's uh, holding up the building, you yeah, know, under right. he's yeah. underwater holding up the building. And actually, I want to talk about that because some of these covers, because DC, uh, especially at this time period, were publishing all the covers on their website. And what they would do is they would publish the cover without the trade dress, so you actually got to see the full page of art. Like I've seen this cover without the trade dress before. And it's just stunning. The one that the one that you picked, um, the one where Aquaman's holding up the building, actually is actually much more impressive without the trade dress because it's it's showing you how strong Aquaman is even underwater. Uh, and it's uh, so in some cases, I f- it feels like now that I've seen covers without the the trade dress, I kind of like them better without. Sometimes they make better posters. You can see that. But there's no denying the power of the Alan Davis covers. He did what six covers or something, something like, like that. that. I think. They're all and they're all great. They're all yes. terrific. Every single one of them. And, and what, are, what are Aquaman and Lorena swimming above, probably, by the way? What do you mean, what are they swimming above? Well, look, look at the picture, and they're swimming. What's, what's, on, what's underneath them? What do you mean? Well, what's on the ground underneath them? Seaweed? It looks like Fish? kelp farms. I was okay. going for the kelp farms. I, right. I know how much you love Aquaman and his kelp farms. I do so. love it. I do love his kelp farm. I do love him talking to the plankton farmers and stuff like that. <sighs> he can lead a horse to water, folks. Can't make him drink. Anyway. Oh, I'm All right. sorry. I didn't understand your kelp joke. I'm such a bad co-host. 
after seven years, I figured kelp farmers was a given with us. Anyway, my next cover is another very, very, very colorful cover. Uh, Fury Firestorm Nuclear Man Annual Number 2 by Raphael Kayanen and I suppose Dick Giordano. Let me see. Yep. Uh, Dick, okay, I got a question. Did Dick Giordano ink like everything in the world for DC or did you just do Firestorm covers? Because he did almost every single one of my Firestorm covers. He did a lot of stuff. Did a lot I realize sometimes there's questions of whether it was his studio doing it or him. I've I've heard all that, but um. So okay, so he did do a lot of covers. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I oh. look. I mean, he was he was in the building, and yep. he's one of the best guys ever to do it. So I would imagine you know they were probably constantly asking him to do stuff. I just I feel very fortunate that he inked so many Firestorm covers because they're just stunning. So all right, Fury Firestorm uh, Nuclear Man Annual Number Two is the one where it's Firestorm in the foreground and it's sort of postery and he's like looking over his shoulder going, "Huh, what?" And behind him is all of his Rogues Gallery, which is fantastic. I I had this cover. Uh, I got it early on in my collecting, and this was absolutely my favorite cover for years. I used to try and trace this thing. I couldn't do it at all, but I would keep it where I could see it. And, and if I could have had a poster of it as a kid, I would have loved it. You know, all the villains are in the background. You got Killer Frost. You got the Enforcer. You got Slipknot. Slipknot, the patron saint of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Typhoon, Bug and Bite, Black Bison. Um, if I said the Enforcer, I'll say it again because there's two of them. Stratos and, oh my gosh, Tomahawk. Um uh, or no, what's it? Tokomak, sorry. Silver, Silver Deer, Deer, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mindboggler, Multiplex, uh, Hyena, Pan, um, Pipe, Piper. Piper. Yeah, Bug and Pan. And then there's that guy in black who I can't even remember his name. That's horrible. But he was part of the uh, – he's, he's just a shadow creature. In- incognito maybe or something like that? I don't know. He was in the Tokomak story I want to say. But uh, it's, just, it's just fantastic. I love it. I do enjoy you know big rogues gallery covers. I mm-hmm. wonder – if it wouldn't have been a little more dramatic if Firestorm's back was to the camera and like, oh, okay. cause I think it's a little awkward that he's, you know, that he's standing there and he's turning, but it's also meant to be a little comical too, by the look on his face. Like he's like, what? Like it, yeah, right. it's not meant to be all that scary. I think it's meant to be a little, a little funny. And, and that annual is so weird. That's the one that's all prose. Remember? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a weird story. So um, he does actually face all of these people and plays against them in a basketball game. In the issue, right? Oof. But it was all an illusion. But anyway, um, I love this cover so much, Rob. I understand. Nice. I need a moment. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, my next one is uh, a variant cover. I know now that comic book companies are all big on the variant covers, and I don't know. I always feel like variant covers are kind of cheating a little because they know they don't have to be the main image to sell the book. They can purposely be more painterly or just more poetic because they're they're not meant to be the thing that pushes the book off the stand that said i could not resist picking darwin cook's the late great darwin cook's cover Mm -hmm. for aquaman number 37 which is done horizontally uh talk about uh you know (laughs) anti-commercial horizontal cover and it is aquaman and mira arm in arm smooching while the waves crash it is just one of the great aquaman mira Images so simple. I don't really need to go on and on about or on at all about how great Darwin Cook was. Everyone knows how great Darwin Cook was, and this image is just so beautiful in its simplicity. It just makes you. It's just there. They are. They love each other. There's the waves. It's just so simple and so beautiful. Absolutely love it. It tells the love story. It really does. You know, I mean, they're obviously deeply in the throes of a very passionate kiss without it being lurid. Um, yeah, it's it's wonderful. And there's a joke to be made in there, I guess, with them getting it on on a horizontal thing. But anyway. 
Oh, come on, that was funny. <sighs> See, I sighed for you. Okay. Uh, my next one is <laughs> Fury of Firestorm number 37. We actually talked about this one not too long ago on an episode, which actually I guess would have been a year ago. But um, this is very much a um, posterly one. This is a, a posed cover rather than an action shot. It's Firestorm sitting there in, in in New York, and behind him, the whole city has been turned into chaos. The Guggenheim Museum has been turned into an ice cream pitcher full of green ice cream with a scoop. Uh, another building's been turned into an upside-down popcorn bag. You've got an arrow. You've got a drawer. You've got a phone that's the size of a you know, like two stories of a building cars have been cut in half. He's sitting on a life size uh, or human, like giant size Coca-Cola can, you know, so it's a ridiculous image. And it says, what's wrong with this picture? Only Firestorm knows for sure. And it has nothing to do with the inside. It's just like a fun pinup that they made as the cover, but I love it because it's just so much fun. It's so goofy. It fits with the Firestorm sort of motif. Again, lots of bright colors, lots of fun with it. And uh, it's, it's always stuck out at me as being a, a great cover. Yeah, it's silly, and it fits the tone of the book. Firestorm was generally a more lighthearted book, even with all the superhero daring do. It was yep. just generally because he, he was a lighter character. So yeah, it's nice. Oh, and I, sh- I should have mentioned uh, Raphael Cannon and Dick Giordano again. Obviously, yes. so. I always like the ones that put him in New York City too, because that gave him a sense of place. DC characters, for the most part, lived in those fake cities, but you know, Firestorm's mm. actually in New York, and you get the Guggenheim, so that's cool. Yep, and later he'll go to Pittsburgh. All right. So uh, next up, um, another variant cover. Again, I was trying not to do too many variant covers, but I couldn't resist. Uh, Joshua Middleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the variant covers for, I think, like the first 35 issues of the current series. And they are some of the most beautiful Aquaman images ever done. And I had to really fight to pick just one because I really – in fact, I probably could do a whole episode of just on the Joshua Middleton <laughs> variant covers. But the one I went with were, is Aquaman number 10 and is this absolutely – Beautiful. I can't. We get. We're going to keep using the same words. Stunning, ethereal shot of Mira swimming up straight up, and as she's surrounded by these orange. I guess like I guess they're just goldfish or like glowfish or pufferfish or something. I'm not exactly. No, no, pufferfish. But yeah, anyway, there's something. There's something. But anyway, they're swirling around her as she just heads straight upwards. It's it's gorgeous. It's absolutely. Stunning, and I just you know I mean Mira uh, did, didn't always get her own covers. It's mostly Aquaman or Aquaman and Mira, but this one is a solo shot, and it's just it's powerful. It's beautiful without being necessarily sexualized. I love the movement of it. I mean the guy the guy is a masterful painter, and he did some amazing work on Aquaman, and this is one of my favorites. Yeah, the, I'm glad you mentioned the movement because the movement's all happening in her hair. Uh, really, it, but it, it conveys exactly what you need, the motion. And the fish, the, the orange, it was, was a really clever thing to do because it just sets off all the other colors. Yeah, it really Because everything else, everything else is a little muted as if you're looking underwater. Yep. You know, a, a color gets washed out when you're underwater. Um, but the orange is so bright and strong. And, yeah, it's, I, I, again, yeah, we're repeating a lot of words. Stunning is, is the word for it. There. Absolutely. And I like there's no, there's no copy. I mean, there's DC Universe Rebirth and Aquaman, but that's it. There's no storyline. There's no nothing. It's just that beautiful image. Mm. Breathtaking. That's probably the word for it. Breathtaking. Uh, next one we talked about actually not too long ago, uh, Jerry Firestorm, uh, Nuclear Man, annual number three, and covered by Raphael K. Annan and Dick Giordano again. This is the one we talked about in the last episode last week where it's Firestorm standing there, and behind him are slightly 
ghosted out a bit. Uh, Ronnie Raymond with his arms crossed, Professor Stein with like his hands in his pockets, and it's showing like the representative representation that you know th- those two people have merged into Firestorm. And coming out of his hand is like an atomic blast, just kind of swirling around and atoms flying at you. But it's very much as we described it last time, because there's no background, there's no nothing, there's no cover copy. It looks like uh, just a good stock image. It looks like something that Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise me his name. Would have made for Firestorm, but in this case, it's by Cannon and Giordano, and it's great. I, and I, I, as I've said before, I think it's one of the single greatest Firestorm images because it tells you the story of the two characters. Yeah, it totally looks like it could be on the the card back of a Firestorm action figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Could have been the Who's Who entry. That, yeah, that too. I think we might have even said that on the episode. It probably yep. looks like that. So yeah, it's a very, very, very nice postery image of Firestorm. And the blue sets it off nice in the background. Absolutely. Um, so my next pick is, of course, like like you, I had to pull something from Justice League because, <laughs> man, you know, for a long time, that was the only place you could even find Aquaman. Uh, and there were so many great ones. I mean, I was like, well, Justice League number 200, because we all know how much I love that comic. But I, this is more of a nostalgia one rather than, <laughs> although it's artistic, but it, I'll, I'll get into it in a second. It's Justice League of America number 207, which is the first of the five-part Crisis on Earth Prime storyline, which we covered with uh, Diablo Frank way back in like episode 15 of the show. Yeah. Um, God, we had Frank on that early. That was crazy. And, um, and, and it went, it went off the rails that early. <laughs> it did. It did. Um, but it, it's a great storyline. But anyway, it's by George Perez, of course. Uh, by the way, I do want to say as, as sad as I am that George Perez is retiring, I am really thrilled that he can retire. Oh, a lot okay. of comic book artists don't have that ability. They don't have lots of money piled up or something or have royalty payments to fall back on. But I guess Perez has enough money that he can retire, and good for him. You know, I that's, mean, That's good. Think of how many pages that man has produced. He's got to be in the league of, no pun intended, of like a Kirby or a Dick Dillon. I mean, somebody who just produced tens of thousands of pages. Um, so yeah, good for him. Good for him. George. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this cover is against the first chapter and it's got the classic, the heads uh, on the left and on the right on the bottom and everybody's reacting. Firestorm looks particularly upset at the image that he's looking at. Hawkman looks kind of like, eh, it's all right. Uh, some of the other Firestorm's, Firestorm's feeling the fury. Absolutely. Aquaman looks concerned. Uh, Robot Man is smiling, but that's all his face can do. It's kind of creepy. Uh, <laughs> Starman is there. Huntress, Green Lantern, Dr. Fate, Liberty Bell, Johnny Quick. And then the central image is the, the crime syndicate coming out of the transmatter cube about to attack and, in fact, attacking the Justice League. And I remember buying this comic off the stands. So exciting because I love the JLA JSA team ups, and then the fact they were working in the All Star Squadron as well, which made it even better. But the thing that I remember the most from this image, and I remembered seeing this at the time, so I would have been, I guess, twelve when this came out, and I had the you know sixty cents burning a hole in my pocket. Was you get the image right, and you've got Power mm-hmm. Ring blasting the crap out of Firestorm. Oh, he's, he's pasting him. Yeah, Bad. he's pasting. Superwoman is punching Superman. Uh, Ultraman is presumably about to take on, uh, or we can't, they're not exactly matched up because it looks like both Ultraman and Owlman are going after Zatanna. Hawkman is in the background. Johnny Quick is about to run into Aquaman, but I love that Aquaman has his fist up. Mm-hmm. I love that little detail. Like he's ready to just knock the crap out of Johnny Quick if he can. I just love that little detail that he's ready. Superman's getting hit. Firestorm's getting hit. Zatanna looks a little not prepared. Hawkman's off in the background, but Aquaman is ready. I just, there's something about that I really like. And so I could have picked a dozen other George Perez JLA covers 
uh, because they were all great. But this one, I don't know, this one just like hits me in all the nostalgia feels because I just it's got so many characters, yet it's not crowded. And I just love that Aquaman is sort of kind of in the center of the cover, really. It's just terrific. Well, his mouth's open, too. It's almost mm-hmm. as if he's like saying, you know, attack or defend or yeah, whatever. I love yeah. it. I just, oh, he, de- he, he is sort of a central figure. You're absolutely yep. right. I love um, Nostalgia, dude. All over the place for me on so many levels because this is the comic that got me to buy Justice League. Mm. Um, I, when I was going, when I was a kid, I was going through the back issues and you, you've told stories about the first time you went into a comic shop and you just saw all the rows of back issues and you're like, Oh my God, how do yeah. I, how do I choose? <laughs> you're overwhelmed. Sensory overload. Same thing with me. Well, I came across this run of justice league issues and they all had the trade dress. And I was like, Oh, these all go together. I can buy these and read these. So I read this crisis on earth prime story. And then immediately I jumped straight to justice league Detroit, which was the new stuff on the shelves. So this led me to collecting justice league on an ongoing basis for 30 years, all stemmed from this cover right here. Um, and then also thinking about my favorite characters, I mean, Aquaman and Firestorm right there, Dr. Fate and Dr. Fate looks amazing under the pencil of George Perez. You've got power girl, you've got, you know, uh, fire, um, firebrand and Liberty bell. You get that. This is in fact the first time I read an, all-Star Squadron comic book, too. So, I mean, there's so many different reasons why I love this comic, and it uh, makes me feel so much. So I'm so glad you picked this one. Yeah, all these five covers were, were terrific. All the heads and stuff like that. They're just great. So good. Uh, man, I feel like we just did a Firestorm one. I feel like I should... No, I don't even deserve a turn. Oh, well. Okay, well um, then, man, next my... Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll keep this one short, because again, we talked about it last week, and you know, again, I told you guys that my, my picks are could change from week to week. Well, right now I'm being influenced by the covers we did last week. So I picked Blue Devil number 23, uh, which is a great cover by Paris Collins and uh, Gary Martin. And it's Firestorm and Blue Devil fighting. Again, we talked about it last week. It says, you know, Firestorm with his logo, Firestorm versus Blue Devil. And they're locked in hand-to-hand combat there. They're really close face-to-face. They're both like, Arr! you know, Firestorm's got his hand on Blue Devil's trident. Blue Devil's holding Firestorm's hand where there's an atomic symbol. So each one's representative of them. You see Bolt in, in between them. And it says with count them five, five, or no, sorry, with five, count them five villains too, which is fun. And it's Paris Collins and, and just knocking it out of the park. There's a very strong Kirby element to it. You got Kirby Crackle, you got great shadows going on, very big, bombastic characters in the in the foreground, and again, lots of fun colors. It's a great cover. Absolutely. Yeah, we did talk about it last episode. Uh, well composed. I'm a big fan of Paris Collins, and Firestorm and Blue Devil are nice, contrasting characters. In terms of their yep. color schemes. Yep. All right. My next one. This was the toughest choice I had to make because it boiled down to two treasuries. It was either <laughs> the one I picked or the Justice League of America treasury, mm-hmm. which has got all the JLAers kind of folding out from the center, from that eagle. And it's literally that image that was reproduced on the Challenge of the Super Friends cartoon, you know, where they're literally sliding off the screen. But ultimately, I went for limited collector's edition number C41, Super Friends. And this is the most iconic image, I think, from my childhood of the Super Friends, as drawn by Alex Toth, except for Superman's face, which is pasted up by Al Plastino, I believe. Um, Yeah, Uh, as if Alex Toth's Superman face wasn't good enough. But anyway, it's got that, that logo shooting up, and it's got the rainbow colors. You've got Superman in the center, Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman, Robin, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog, and you hear this, and I just I look at this cover, and you hear the bump, 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 bump. It, you know, it's just <laughs> everything. It's just it's this is what I always want. This is what made me attracted to comic books. This is what made me attracted to superheroes, which. 
they're your friends. Like these are super awesome people, but they're also your friends. And I'm again, I'm the hugest fan of Toth. I mean, who isn't? Good Lord. It's Alex Toth. And it's just, I just love how apple cheeked and smiling everybody is even Batman. <laughs> um, and I just, I will never like Aquaman being picked to be part of the super friends to me, just like made it, it, it's how I discovered the character really was through the super friends before I ever read a comic book. It was the cartoon. And this image done in a comic book form is just to me it's just it's just everything i just absolutely love it i love the, i love this image and, and the nice thick line work too sort of suggestive of animation style yeah. too which is great uh now i'm gonna say a couple things i'm not being mean about it because i do love it but i just i can't help but notice a few things robin's shoulders and arms look so rigid so stock stiff Yes, it look, it looks like an action figure, or like he's really uncomfortable. Like maybe his his underwear is riding up or something. He's like, oh god, just take the picture already, you know. Um, and then Marvin and Wendy. It's so interesting because you know if you look at the left hand side, all the all the Justice League or Super Friends, I should say, um, have a very similar style. Marvin and Wendy. It's a different artistic style. It's a different line work. It's, there's a more dynamic, fluid to their poses and everything. I mean, they they almost stand out because they don't look like they match the rest of it. Yeah, I can see that. They're a little more cartoony looking, yeah, than yeah. than the than the superhero anatomy of the other characters. Yep. And Wendy is just cute as a button. Oh my gosh. So yeah, great Alex Toth image. And it's funny, you you hear the dun I hear the the boo 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 like when they would do like the uh Chris. One to, Yeah, one to grow on type thing. Yeah, that's what I hear. So all right. Uh next one is uh for me, Fury of actually it's not Fury of Firestorm, I'm sorry, it's Firestorm the Nuclear Man. When they changed the name of the title, actually they dropped Fury. They had to go through a lot of hoops to do that too, by the way. Uh it's issue number sixty. And this is definitely gets into the realm of postery image again. Uh the annuals have been postery images. This is a postery image. It there's nothing it doesn't tell you the first thing about the comic. It just it's Firestorm flying at you, and then the surprinty images beneath him. Uh, repeating the pattern of his body and alternating like fuchsia and like light pink on a blue background. So it's it's very pop. The colors are very pop um, popping, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, and he looks very angry and he, he's flying at you like it's like he's moving really really quick. And in fact, I like this image so much. It is the basis of the whole Firestorm fan everything I do. So anything for Firestorm fan on social media or the Firestorm fan website, all of it comes from this cover. Yes, it's been adorning our podcast for seven years now. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, it's a very solid image. Very, very solid. I mean, again, I'm surprised that there's no trade dress on it other than just the logo and the price and stuff. There's no, I mean, there's a lot of room for copy if they wanted to add it, but I guess they felt like they didn't need it. Yep. Uh, I should have mentioned, by the way, it's Joe Brozowski and Dick Giordano. So, and, and I kind of wonder if this is, um, may have been just like a placeholder cover because or not but just like they didn't know where they were going to go with the issue because this is actually where they're building up to the blank slate firestorm that that was a big arc that went through i think four or five issues and this is probably the issue right before this may have been the one where uh, ronnie found out professor had cancer i'm not really sure spoilers but uh this is uh definitely building towards that so. all right uh my next one this one is kind of an uh, probably an unusual pick uh in that I love seeing Aquaman with other DC heroes, obviously. I just picked a Justice League cover. I picked a Super Friends cover. Part of the, my appeal of Aquaman is that he, he hangs out with all the other cool superheroes. And this this cover is, I don't know, I, I, 
it, I didn't necessarily think it would make my list, and then when I compiled it, it just popped into my head, and I was like, yeah, it's going on the list. And that is showcase number 100. Uh, it's a, it's covered by Joe State and Dick Giordano. Once again, Dick Giordano. Uh, I think he inked like 70% of these things here. And <laughs> it's got this – it's the, the conceit of showcase number 100 written by Paul Kupperberg and Paul Levitz was that the story would feature every single character that had appeared in showcase up to that point. Now, they had to cheat a little here and there because, of course, James Bond appeared in Showcase and they couldn't use him. Woody Allen appeared in Showcase and couldn't use him. <laughs> but for the most part, any character that DC owned appears in this story, even Sugar and Spike. Sugar and Spike d- d- appears, yeah, appears in this story. Yes, in that uh, in the office. They go in the office and there's a bunch of characters just hanging around in the waiting room. Right. I mean, they got like uh, Angel and Farrell, Ape Angel and like Ape. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a really, really fun story. And so you've got this... You've got this uh, number 100 in stone in the background, and then you've got all the characters rushing towards you. And right in the front is Aquaman with Adam riding on his shoulder. You've also got Space Ranger, Lois Lane, um, uh, Batlash, the Challenge of the Unknown, the Creeper, the Flash, the Spectre, Green Lantern, the Metal Man, Hawk and Dove, uh, the Inferior Five. Uh, I just... It's it's just such a beautiful, fun image. It's got such great movement to it. Everyone knows how much of a fan of uh, Joe Staten I am. And I just love that Aquaman is so, like, right up front. And I, I love Adam with his little fist in there. He's like, yeah! He's all excited. <laughs> it's just a, it's a, be- a great comic with a great cover. This comic, I didn't read this comic until uh, a couple of years ago. And I read it for Tom, our buddy Tam, Tom, I could say his name, Tom Tom, Tom <laughs> Panarese. Wow. Uh, or Tam Panarese. <laughs> he invited me to cover Showcase 100 on, on his show. And I never read it. I'm like, okay, sure, why not? Holy crap that I fall in love with that comic book. Um, I, I often talk about how I love Joe Staten in the 70s, how he can do no wrong. This is Joe Staten doing no wrong in this comic. Cover? Not my favorite. I appreciate what you love about it. The interior is amazing. And this comic is insane. There's so much crammed into it. It is basically the 1970s version of Crisis on Infinite Earths all in one comic. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. really feels that way. If you've never read Showcase 100, do yourself a favor. Go read it. You will not regret it. It is so much fun. It is balls to the wall crazy. Uh, But I absolutely, absolutely adore that comic book. Yeah, it's a great book. Great, great book. Yep. All right, coming down to my last couple ones here. Um, I picked one. I, I, I did sort of like you like you said you didn't want to be representative, but then you kind of found yourself being representative. I was the same way. Uh, I love the Elemental Era Firestorm. I talk about it frequently, how much I, I adore that era. You know, John Ostringer and Tom Mandrake. So I had to pick a cover from that era. And oh, number 99 is great. It's Firestorm in his elemental pose. And he's sitting there. He's contemplating. He actually has his fist resting on his cheek. And he's thinking. And he's holding up uh, his other hand and he's got a little flame uh, image i guess he's using his fire powers to generate an image of firehawk and he's contemplating firehawk clearly is what he's doing and it's a pretty close-up shot and you can see his hair like uh, the elemental firestorm had basically almost like a like i don't want to call it a lion's mane but it was a it was a mane of fire it really was and it, it was enormous and I've always loved the colors and the design and the look, and it's just so earthy and natural. Oh, it's a gorgeous cover. It's number 99, uh, and I love this logo, too. It's the charred Firestorm logo that's obviously been burnt along the top. Uh, it's, I, what, what do you, as an artist guy, what do you think of this cover? I like it. It's interesting in that it's sort of contemplative. It's a very atypical comic book cover because it's just Firestorm sort of sitting there just thinking of something, looking kind of perturbed or sad or forlorn. 
Uh, I like Tom Mandrake. I've always, I always have. I think he's a great artist. And so um, the flame stuff is like, man, he is like engulfed in flame. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's a it's kind of an unusual image for a superhero comic. Yeah, well, it was an unusual run. When we get to it uh, eventually, I think you're going to be really surprised by how unusual, how non-superhero-y it is. Hmm. So, uh, which may have been why it wasn't quite so marketable, but it was a great run. So, love how, this image. How much longer did Firestorm last after this issue? Uh, one issue. Oh, really? Oh, number 100 <laughs> was the last one? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 100 is the last issue. So oh. Maybe him being contemplative didn't sell as many copies as they'd like. Well, I think at Actually, that point they were like, out oh, of hell with it. <laughs> well, actually, by that point, they're like, we don't need to sell it. Let's do something that's meaningful. So you got this cover. Tom Mandrake cover. Absolutely gorgeous. All right. Well, my last one, and this is my single – if I had to distill it all down, this is my single favorite Aquaman cover of all time. It is Adventure Comics number 443. The cover is, of course, by – Jim Aparo. I could not have not a Jim Aparo image on this list. Um, this is my favorite run of Aquaman stories of all time. This this mid-70s adventure run that started in 441 and concluded in 452. There was something about the way Aparo did these stories. Everything seems to be happening during the day. Uh, I, I feel like you can look at these pages and like feel like you can smell the surf. You know, like smell like a sunny day. It just has that feel to it. And this cover has Aquaman riding a dolphin and in the background, you've got the fisherman throwing his lure around him. And it's funny because it's like you can just look at the image and just forget about the fisherman part of it. And it just looks like a classic image of Aquaman riding a dolphin, looking mm-hmm. super boss. It's a sunny day. I love the red and yellow logo popping. I love you got the Adventure Comics logo. It's just – I don't know. And then you've got the, the, the trade dresser who says, watch out for the fisherman, the sensational supervillain out to hook Aquaman, which is you know working <laughs> in as many Aquaman uh, fish puns as you can in one story. Um, there's a lot of stuff on this cover. You've got the banner up top. I mean it literally has the Adventure Comics logo twice uh, in one yeah, cover. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's basically three logos, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff going on here. It says, starring Aquaman and the Seven Soldiers of Victory. So you've got the Aquaman logo twice, plus it's spelled down at the bottom. So there's a lot going on here, but yet it doesn't look crowded. I love the design of it. And again, it's Jim Apparel, my favorite comic book artist of all time. Certainly my favorite artist on Aquaman. So this is my favorite. When I think of Aquaman comics, this is the image I think of more than anything else, is this particular cover. It's a good cover. It is. And I love it, too, because when I was buying my Adventure Comics run of Aquaman, this was, you know, this sort of kicks it all off. So it was, is this, this isn't the first appearance no. of Fisherman, is it? Okay. No. no. He appeared, right, in, the, he appeared like in the original 60s series. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, because he was in the cartoon, too, mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I've never noticed until tonight, though, is the, is the dolphin he's riding has like a, 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 an appendage, has a, a, a prosthetic flipper. Yes, I never noticed that before. So he's—it's it's like he's hanging out with Winter, the famous uh, dolphin with a prosthetic. Aquaman doesn't—you uh, know—everybody is capable in his eyes. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it's beautiful, and I do love the lure—the lure, the lure f- flipping around him. You know, I'm just the, the, that guy went around commissioning various artists to do the five seconds later covers. Oh right, you, right. Yeah, the the five seconds later of this one would be Aquaman, like would be the dolphin still going, and Aquaman being like <laughs> yoink, you know, flying backwards, which would be great. <laughs> Uh, it's a nice cover. It really is. And of course, like you said, it's a Paro, so you can't do it. You know. yeah. Although, I, again, I keep finding things to say. Like his face, it doesn't quite look like Aquaman, like an Aparo Aquaman face, which is unusual. You know, uh-huh. when I think of the Aquaman face, like I think of the Brave and the Bold, you know, Aquaman appearances that Aparo did. It, the face it doesn't look quite right. Hmm. I, I disagree. To me, if Jim Aparo drew it, it looks right. 
That's that's fair enough. Uh, my last cover I picked, I wanted to pick something a little more modern. Um, and what I ended up going with was from the New 52, I picked Fire, uh, Fury of Firestorm, the Nuclear Men number zero, which is uh, it, it's got the background of a page from, I, I don't know which issue, probably the issue inside, I don't remember. But it's like a comic book page in black and or in gray tones, like it's penciled or something. And bursting out of the page, literally ripping through the page, is Firestorm. And it is the new Firestorm. This is when they unveiled the merged Ronnie and Jason Firestorm. Because up to this point, we had been following the adventures of, you know, Ronnie in his red outfit and Jason in his yellow outfit. And that run in the New 52, the the protocols, which has some merits, but, you know, we're not going to try and defend that right now. This is when instead you got a merged Firestorm of Jason and Ronnie in a much more traditional-looking costume. Uh, I love Yildur Aysenar as an artist. I loved him on this book. Uh, I should mention the inker as well was um, – sorry, forgive me. I have to look it up uh, – Marlo Alquiza. And uh, it's just a great – Firestorm's coming at you. You know, he's got his fist out, and uh, it looks very action-oriented. Yeah, uh, we were big fans of Ray when he was doing the book. Yeah, you know, we were talked about. It. We backed his, we waxed his car all the time. Uh, this whole, this conceit, of course, this cover conceit went across the entire line uh, for these. Oh, issues. that's true. Yeah, because they did Aquaman, they did an Aquaman cover like this and stuff like that. So it's a fun idea. I mean, like I mentioned at the Adventure four seventy five cover, I love you know the superheroes jumping out of their own covers. Mm-hmm. That's always such a fun thing. And this is a nice one. I like the balance of the black and white with the. The, the the red and yellow the pose and stuff so yeah no it's I think it's a it's a solid entry in this uh, format I don't think all the covers quite worked uh, in this in this thing but I also like the Firestorm logo it's very simple um, it's just a typeface with just the Fury of Firestorm but I like that those red concentric circles coming out of the O it just gives it a nice touch yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I will mention Al Girding, our, our buddy, um, was kind enough to buy me a poster of this. And I didn't even know they made it. I don't even know where he got it. But it's this enormous, I mean, enormous poster of this thing. And I had it on my wall for a very, very, very long time until I moved and have don't have as much wall space anymore. But uh, gorgeous image. Absolutely love it. Now, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. <sighs> <laughs> Everyone, uh, Shag did not tell me he was going to do this until we started to record. So, therefore, I wasn't prepared to cheat like he's about to do. I just have some honorary mentions. That's all. So I'm going to blow through them super fast, uh-huh. but I, I just can't not acknowledge some of these. So uh, I, I, there are a few here that I, I, I got to acknowledge with Firestorm. Like Jason Rush didn't get a lot of attention here. So I'm going to give a shout out to Firestorm era of uh, Jason Rush era, issue number 19. It was an Infinite Crisis cover. It is him flying into space with Donna Troy, who looks amazingly sexy and they're flying out which with the trade dress it's okay but when you find it online without the trade dress it is a gorgeous piece you can see space behind him earth all of it and it was by um matt haley so really really nice one then uh, also worth mentioning again in that same run uh, firestorm nuclear man number 27 which was a great painterly one by brian stelfries where you've got uh, in the background you can see firestorms in the is sort of in the foreground a full body image with flames everywhere you can see in the background just the head floating heads of uh, um uh, jason rush you can see uh, lorraine riley and you can see i assume this professor stein down there in the bottom and uh it's really, really nice, gorgeous Stelfreeze image. Uh, and, and I'm not giving Rob the time to talk about these because I, I shouldn't even be mentioning them. I'm cheating, like I said. Yeah, no, I refuse to participate in this sham. 
<laughs> I have my two rainy day ones, which was Fury of Firestorm number nine by Pat Broderick and Dick Giordano, where it's uh, Typhoon the Living Storm versus Fury of Firestorm. This is baby, the rain must fall. And Firestorm's standing there, and there's all this rain pouring down on him. And the rain effect is just great with the coloring and the line work. is just, it really, he looks drenched and his head's down. He looks very downtrodden. downtrodden. And then there's uh, Firestorm number 98, which is the elemental Firestorm. He's standing there in the rain. Again, it's a very, um, I don't, I'm not going to say contemplative, but it's another one of those non-traditional super ones where he's just standing there getting soaked in the rain and he's reaching up to the heavens, almost like maybe he's called the rainstorm or he's trying to talk to the rainstorm. It's elemental forces combining. So it's a beautiful image with lots of all these vertical lines that just look fantastic. And then the uh, last one I was going to mention is a Black as Night covered, mainly because just of its significance. Firestorm really didn't get a lot of attention in the 2000s, but here he ended up on a variant cover for Black as Night. It's by Ethan Van Skyver, who went on to Firestorm fame, and whatever you think about the guy, he can draw. And so Black as Night number three, it's Firestorm, Jason Rush on the ground, trying to crawl away from the background where you first see, the first time we've ever run into Deathstorm, who's like the evil Black Lantern version of Firestorm. And you can see coming out of coffins, you can see uh, dead versions of Killer Frost, you can see the Weasel, you can see the Enforcer and Black Bison, who are all like zombies uh, that have been possessed by the Black Lantern Force coming out of it. It's a really, really powerful cover. It looks great. Okay, so I'm done with my cheating. Yeah, okay, great. Thanks, Shag. Um, <laughs> you set a wonderful example for your children. I don't follow rules. So uh, anyway, the one other thing we wanted to do is we wanted to each pick a cover of the other's character. So uh, I decided to go for my Firestorm pick. Is uh, I went with Firestorm number 50. The Nuclear yeah. Man. Uh, this is an anniversary cover. It's by Dennis Cowan and Klaus Janssen. Everybody knows I'm a big fan of Klaus Janssen. I think Firestorm as a character doesn't lend himself to abstract images all that much. Mm-hmm. I think his mm-hmm. costume is so superhero-y and a little goofy, to be honest. I'd say the same thing with Aquaman in a lot of ways. And so I haven't seen a lot of Firestorm images that to me are kind of painterly or abstract or a little little edgy. I just don't think we've yeah, seen a edgy's, lot of that. Edgy's the word. Moody or edgy, yeah. yeah right. But this one really is. It's just a stark white cover and you've got Firestorm draped in shadow with this sort of almost Sienkiewicz-y fire shooting out of his head as he's conjuring uh, some sort of you know mass or flame or whatever he's got coming out of his hand. And it's just a really stark image. The only thing that I would say isn't great about it is all the trade dress around it you've got this heavy red <laughs> frame you've got this um these taglines that have these kind of weird spacing it's like his father has vanished exclamation mark his father may be dying big space and he is helpless it's just like very strangely posed but nevertheless i love that image i remember seeing this i bought this one off the stands i think at this point i'd stop buying firestorm but this one i bought because i love the cover so much i just think it's it's just a really powerful image i would love to see what it looks like without all the stuff around it but mm. I mean, man i just love it i just think it's a, it's to me it's one of the great firestorm images it's interesting. I I never really cared for this much as a kid because it didn't look like traditional Firestorm. But now as I've grown older, I, I really do appreciate – at the very least, um, Dennis Cowan's – the face he put on there for Firestorm looks really great, very powerful. The, the, again, the shading, like you said, is great. Uh, I assume what's coming out of his hand is uh, almost like a mushroom cloud is, is how I read that. Yeah, to be, like an atomic like, explosion. Right, right, yeah. 
Um, check out Electric Warrior, baby. That's right on there too. But uh, yeah, I will. It's, um, <laughs> it's not my favorite issue uh, cover, but it, I could see why you would pick it. It's definitely very different. It's very very unique. So certainly. Uh, along the same lines with Shadowy and Edgy, I'm my pick for Aquaman, and I couldn't believe this didn't make your list. This is the single greatest Aquaman cover of all time. Aquaman original series number 42, which is uh, the, the amazing one that we talk about quite frequently, where Black Mana is holding up the unconscious Aquaman, and he's actually uh, Black Mana standing on underwater a Aquaman logo that's been worked into the rock face of the reef, where it says Aquaman and all jagged, pointy edges. Uh, obviously, Black Mana has the upper hand. You're on the ground looking or I guess you're underwater, but you're at the base of the ocean, basically, looking up at Black Mana. There's an amazing lighting going on. Aquaman logo. There's no Aquaman logo, but it does say Aquaman both vertically and horizontally, like a crossword puzzle, which is sort of strange. And then it says, is this my foe? I don't really know why that's a question, but anyway. Uh, really a powerful cover. I, I just think this one, Nick Carty, again, knocks it out of the park. I want to say, if I remember right, wasn't Nick Carty and... Um, Someone else did the layout, maybe? I believe or the this is design? designed by Carmen Infantino and then okay. executed yeah. by Nick Carty. I think you're right. I was going to say Ed Hannigan, but no, Ed Hannigan did this stuff in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think Carmen Infantino, you're right. Just, uh, wow, amazing car. How did this not make your list? Uh, you know, I, I think it's a great cover. It's one of the classic images of DC in the 60s as they were trying to shake things up a little. The reason it has Aquaman on the left and the right and that awkward crosswordy thing was uh, to to get the book – uh, noticed on a newsstand in case other covers were in front of it. You could at least uh, see yeah. the word Aquaman. If you were a kid looking for Aquaman, you could at least see, oh, there it says on the left-hand side, and you would grab it instead of presumably, you know, the inferior five or whatever. Um, <laughs> but but it's it's a little heavy. Like, it's a, it's a little much on there because they even have to move in the DC bullet to, to fit that in, uh, which is unusual. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, it, it, this almost made my list, but it's – I don't know. I just think it's like – it's so iconic that I was like, eh, it just felt a little obvious or something like that. And But the layout is amazing, obviously. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's a great cover and, uh, you know, you, it's it's designed to get 12 cents out of a kid's hand. And, of course, it's going to work because you're like, oh, my God, a black man is about to kill Aquaman. That's that's insane. I can't wait to see that. And I love the, the way the Aquaman rock formation is colored like it's over the depths of hell. Um, mm-hmm. We see black mana covered, uh, excuse me, colored in a way we've never seen before. Purple and orange, uh, which is a different color scheme than anything we're from, because of course he's traditionally blue. Uh, so that's really nice. It said it's a, it's a, it's a real, it's a masterpiece of a cover. It's one of the great DC images of the time. In fact, I would say it's one of the greatest Aquaman covers of all time. But anyway, okay. There you go. <laughs> I, I should have mentioned number fifty six too, which is uh, which is the, the issue of Aquaman that uh, got me buying back issues. Your Aquaman, favorite, the creature of the devoured Detroit. <laughs> I love that cover so much. <laughs> anyway, oh man, I, 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 this was a lot of fun. I, I could have named a million more covers from both characters, but uh, thank you, and, and I did. I named five more than I was supposed to. Yes, you did. So. So anyway, lots of fun. Great suggestion from Rob. Thank you so much for this, Rob. That this this brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, I mean, so we don't get to talk about art centric books. I have to ask you something. I don't know. We've never discussed this, or if we have, I don't really remember because I don't listen that much when you're talking. But like, sure. if if a book is drawn in a way you don't like, if you don't like the art on a comic, will that stop you from getting it? Like, or or can you get past it if you like the story enough? It's interesting. Uh, I'm mainly a writing guy, so the art 
doesn't always register. But if the if the art is really pretty terrible, after a while it wears me down. Um, okay. Even with Firestorm, the Joe Brozowski stuff, like it gets to the point where it wears me down. Uh, where I'm like, ugh, I. I'm not getting the joy out of this. I should anymore. So I have dropped comics before that were by writers I like when after a protractedly – that's not the word I'm trying to say. But after a, after a long run of, of subpar artists, I have dropped. Yeah, it, it does happen. Yeah, me too. There, there are some books uh, – I, I, I'm okay with the art not being great if I'm already enjoying the book. But, mm-hmm. but if it's something new for the first time, if I see a new series and I'm like, oh, it's written by somebody I like, but then it's – you know, I look at the artwork and I go, "Oh God, no!" And it, that will stop me. It really will, yeah. and because it's not very visual, it's how I work. And so, uh, yeah, I've I've always, you know, comic books. It's what drew me in in the beginning was the the artwork and stuff like that. And so, um, I could have listed yeah another twenty covers easily. I mean, I had a short list that consisted of a lot more than this, but I was able to hone it down to these ten pretty pretty quickly. I mean, we could do ten great Justice League covers. I could do ten great Joshua Middleton covers, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, good Lord. I mean, it's just, there's so many great images to work with, but I don't know. I like, the, I like the diversity of this list and I like all the artists represented. And uh, I do wish that, um, I'd somehow found a way to work Ramona Fraden in, but she only mm. ever did super friends covers. She never did any other Aquaman covers. Um, uh, and Aquaman right. wasn't in, wasn't on a lot of super friends covers, or if he was, he was always kind of, filling up the background you know he was like, <laughs> so there wasn't i didn't get a chance to work with mona Freyden, unfortunately but i did get my other favorites craig hamilton and and uh and of course jim apero and nick cardi and stuff like that so you know yeah it's it's a, it's i really enjoyed once i came up with the idea for this like oh, this will be fun to talk and it was great just to go back through all these old aquaman comics and look through all the covers again and that's part of the fun of this too is we're getting to touch so many different eras all at once. So we're you know we, we talk for a minute or two about a cover, but it, it gives us a chance to say, oh, you know, the Elemental Firestorm, I love that era so much. Or Adventure Comics were so meaningful to me, you know, those kind of things. And so, you yeah. you were fortunate in that you of course at Firestorm, you've, you've had Firestorm covers throughout his entire career. I mean, his, he launched in his first issue of his own book. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I have never had that. The Aquaman was around for uh, what seventeen years before you got a cover. So there's seven. <laughs> there's seventeen years of Aquaman comics that have never been. You know, he didn't get cover representation. So I was sort of limited by his cover career starts in 1959 as opposed to 1941. Yeah, but if you count up all the covers Aquaman has had, I think you're going to be Firestorm pretty quickly. True. Uh, I, true. I noticed how many you picked from the 75 issue run of of, of Aquaman there. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, this was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. But uh, I think we should let these four folks go home now, don't you think? Yeah, we've been talking long enough. And he said, uh, let us know what your favorite cover images are by leaving a comment on the website, firewaterpodcast.com. And like I said, there's the gallery where we could see all the covers that we picked. Yep, you're going to have to scroll up and down and to keep up with us, but they're all there, folks, And uh, except for the ones I cheated about. You'll have to Google those. But uh, you can go out on the social medias and find us. You can find Rob on Twitter as uh, Aquaman Shrine. You can also find us and uh, me at Firestorm Fan or the network itself at FW Podcasts. And on Facebook, we've got Fire and Water Podcasts. So you can find Firestorm Fan as well. And as Rob said, leave the comments on the website. That's where we really want to hear from you. We want to hear, we want to hear your favorite covers. We want to hear what your favorite errors are. Just you know, whatever pops in your head at that these, if, if we sparked something about that brought you joy or passion about these runs, let us know. I love to hear that stuff. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's going to do it. So uh, until next time, folks, fan the flame and ride the wave. Mm-hmm.
storm, fighting crime together. So come down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. They stand for truth and justice and see a land in there. Aquaman and Firestorm, they make us super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah. Looks like you could use some water. I'm just here to grill a big fish. Batman must be so proud. Begin. <laughs> <laughs>